Genesis, Phil Collins versus Dire Straits, Mark Knopfler. These two amazing bands and their leading men. The podcast will start now. This is Sylvia Dos Santos. Now bet you never listened to a podcast like this before. Enjoy.
It's easy to think you've heard all there is to hear about Genesis. I bet some people I know didn't know that song. Between selling some 130 million albums worldwide, peppering MTV with videos, and a well-deserved Hall of Fame nod, not to mention launching the hit-making solo careers of Phil Collins, Peter Gabriel, (laughs) Steve Hackett, and Mike Rutherford. Soon I'll do something about Peter Gabriel, not today. Today is about Phil Collins and Genesis versus Dire Straits and their leading man, Mark Knopfler. We've all gotten to know these pioneers pretty well. Still, with a story stretching back to the late 60s. Yeah, 60s. I wasn't born yet. Most of you weren't born yet. So, Genesis continues to surprise us and delight us. Here are some good facts about Genesis. (laughs) I couldn't choose many, many songs about Genesis by Genesis or Phil Collins, but, you know, I choose the, some of the best ones, according to the time that I have to do this podcast. You know that Phil Collins nearly didn't take over as singer after Peter Gabriel's departure. Mick Strickland was brought in as a potential replacement. That is a curious thing. Many more to come. For now, cue the music. Blue jeans sit on the beach. Her dog's talking to me, but she's out of reach. She's got a body. Check. Yeah. 
Well, if you're a fan of Genesis, the band, the, the acronym A-B-A-C-A-D, if you're a fan, you know about this acronym. It was originally used as a way of remembering the compositional sequence on the title song for Genesis' 1981 album, Best Year 1981. Of course, is my year. And soon is my birthday, 19th of June, 1981, so it's a good year. Gabriel, Peter Gabriel, of course, remains annoyed by the notion somehow that Genesis was comprised of snotty rich kids, saying it used to piss me off seeing all. <laughs> Tony Banks is the band's most frequent songwriter, but he's never sung lead on any jazz, any Genesis, any Genesis track. That was tough to go. So, um, an aggressive section in the musical box, the early Genesis classic grew out of a suggestion from Gabriel that Mike Rutherford channeled Believe it or not, Collins never wanted to be the singer. The band's original thought upon Gabriel's departure was to forget about the vocals. You know, forget about it. <laughs> We're glad they didn't forget about it. In time, the Collins, Phil Collins' lead edition became known for innovative music videos like the Grammy-winning Land of Confusion, but it isn't always like that. Collins can at least partly credit Peter Gabriel's parents' pool for his original gig as Genesis drummer. He listened to other earlier candidates and Follow You, Follow Me became Genesis' first ever Top 10 UK hit in the 1978 Top 10 UK Hits. Funnily enough, Rutherford says he wrote the lyrics for this pop song. <laughs> the first artist to cover a Genesis song in the studio was drumroll Phil Collins. The accidental frontman recorded a loose-limbed version. I hope you dance, I hope you dance a lot, listening to this song.
One of Gabriel's uh, more memorable onstage get-ups, a red dress paired with a creepy fox head, mentioning the Genesis, of course. Beginning in the early 80s, many of Phil Collins' lyrics originated as gibberish words sung during jam sessions. The Against All Odds soundtrack it was nominated for an Oscar, if you didn't know that. I knew that yesterday, only yesterday. Don't mention, don't ask me why. I just knew about this nomination to an Oscar by this song, Against All Odds, by Phil Collins, best known for Phil Collins' emotive solo title ballad which went directly to number one in the U.S. During the outsized tour of 1974's Lamb Lies Down on Broadway, Peter Gabriel often struggled to sing in his grotesque Slipperman costume. Go figure. Why is that, Peter Gabriel? He's a crazy fella. A Tony Banks pep talk first convinced the self-conscious Collins, Phil Collins, of course, to sing the word mama that we listened right in the, the beginning of this podcast. One of my personal favorite songs. You already listened to it, so I won't put it again. But... Let's just say that it, it isn't a song that you normally hear on a radio, you know, sadly, sadly, but it's true. But it, it wasn't for uh, the earlier mentioned radio hit. Genesis uh, transitioned into a leaner, more pop-oriented sound. Not everyone was thrilled about it. Well, I like it. I like this pop style. I like every style of Genesis and Phil Collins. <laughs> this is one of my favorites, of course. Stand to hear the crying of my mind. 
Invisible Touch is the only Genesis song to reach number one in the US, though it only got to number 15 in the UK. Well, the 1991 Grammy nominated I Can Dance single actually originated as a joke. Rutherford created the bluesy riff after watching a Levi's commercial. Yes, the jeans, you know, Levi's. <laughs> I love, love, love this song. Wow, what a song. No son of mine. Genesis was named by its original manager, Jonathan King, who wanted to mark the beginning of his production career. Oh, and that creepy and hilarious laugh during Mama, yeah, that song, you listened at the beginning of my podcast, my favorite song of Genesis, of course, Mama, that creepy laugh, It was inspired, Collins says, by an off-the-cuff moment in Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five and the message. Well, I didn't know that, but I was curious about that. I, I must admit it. I was very curious about that. Well, I choose... A few songs that I truly love, but I didn't chose all the songs, you know. The um, Dire Straits, Genesis, Phil Collins, Mark Knopfler, they have lots of songs. They have a, a real, um, you know, the, they... They did, um, they made history with this, um, with their songs when they were in the band, uh, talking about Phil Collins and Mark Knopfler, of course, when they were in the band, uh, not solo, they, well, they, they have amazing hits greatest, the greatest hits you can listen on radio and off radio. Uh, many songs don't play on the radio. They are too long or they are too weird. I don't know. But, you know, nowadays uh, you can go on YouTube and listen to these amazing tunes of um, Dire Straits and Genesis. And also Mark Knopfler solo album and Phil Collins amazing hits um, solo also. And um, if you like these songs I chose, well, I'm I'm happy for that. But don't don't stick with my podcast. Find out um, more about Dire Straits and Genesis, that's, um, there is a lot to know about these two amazing 
amazing, outstanding bands. For instance, for instance, Dire Straits. This is a rather famous song, wouldn't you say? Who doesn't know this song? I already sang um, some of the songs in live shows. Some of those songs, I won't put them in the podcast, sadly, unfortunately, but I don't have the time for that. So I chose this one and other not so, so well known, if you, if you don't mind the, the um, definition, not uh, well promoted songs that Dire Straits have and Mark Knopfler. But this one, I put it in the podcast for the fans. of destruction Baptisms of fire I've witnessed your suffering As the battle reached high And
if you're a fan of Dire Straits, you recognize this voice by Mark Knopfler anywhere and this guitar solo. Dire Straits, arguably one of the most successful rock bands to emerge from Britain during the 80s, the best decade in my opinion, of course, and one of the biggest producers of air guitar and drum solos with this side of the pond, the often underrated band sold out countless stadiums in the heyday, broke chart records and solidified themselves as our very own Rock Angels of the North But how much do you really know about the Sultans of Swing? I love this guitar solo. I love, I truly love, and I bet you love too. Money for nothing, Sultans of Swing, Brothers in Arms, as you are listening now. I won't post, I won't put the, um, the first two songs, Money for Nothing and Sultans of Swing, because there are two played um, in, in radio stations. They are often played. That was what I wanted to say at the first place. And they are often played in radio stations. What I wanted for you to listen is other, another list of their songs. Dire Straits weren't actually in Dire Straits. 1970s, Britain could never be described as affluent, especially for a couple of lads from the northeast so the term dire straits makes a lot of sense <laughs> another well-known hit of uh, radio stations as you all know as a fan of dire straits um, dire straits essentially means to be a position of difficulty which nowadays we tend to associate with how financially comfortable we are or we are not. It depends. However, according to David Knopfler, this is pretty much nonsense. I'll tell you all about it soon. You're so far away from me You're so far So far, I just can't see. You're so far away from me. You're so far away from me. Right. I'm tired of being in love and being all alone. When you're so far. Away from me 
you're a fan <laughs> I bet you have listened to this song several times as I did um, it's one of the most famous songs by Dire Straits but I got a few here that you might not know I don't know you tell me after so David Knopfler Uh, as I was saying before, said, and quote, the notion that the band were literally in dire straits is largely retrospective myth, making and not really factually supportable. We all had day jobs until we got a whacking big advance from Polygram. Well, you know it. All the band members at decent jobs, the decent jobs, sorry. And Isley came from a well-to-do family who sent him to private school, so they weren't exactly hard up. They weren't always rock stars at all. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Rock stars aren't just born like that. You gotta work for it. The four original members were just normal guys like you and me, normal people, you know. Mark Knopfler was a teacher, <laughs> go figure, was a teacher in Essex and a journalist, well, I didn't know that, and a journalist for the Yorkshire Post before that. And David Knopfler was a social worker in London. David shared a flat with John Isley, uh, who was studying sociology and at Goldsmith's fancy, don't you think it's fancy, fetching outfits, lads, digging the scarf, Dave. Pick with us was already a professional musician, so knew the game inside and out probably accounting for their relatively relatively <laughs> swift success a mere 18 months after their establishment sultans of swing well i don't i will not put this song because you know it 
well too um, all too well you know by by now the fans uh, already know this song by heart so i i will put other songs that i enjoy a lot and i'm sure you will love them too so sultans of swing was their key to fame after the band recorded their demo for sultans of swing in 1978 they took it to the host of BBC Radio London and uh, in the hope for some advice he loved the song obviously who doesn't love this song Sultans of Swing and played it regularly on air on BBC Radio London smiles all around for the straits for now where do you think you're going don't you care about my pride <laughs> Where do you think you're going? I think that you don't know. You got no way of knowing. There's really no place you can go. I understand your changes. Long before you reach the door I know where you think you're going I know what you came here for And now I'm sick of joking You know I like you to be free Where do you think you're going? I think you better go with me rotation of the radio BBC London radio this record company soon started rolling in 
They were inundated with offers. Dire Straits eventually signed a few months later with Phonogram Records and later with Warner Brothers Records for their American contract. Not bad, not bad at all. They do not like the limelight. Um, dire Straits are all in agreement over one thing, fame. None of them are too keen on the limelight, particularly the Knopfler brothers, David and Mark. In 2008, Mark Knopfler stated, end quote, If anyone can tell me one good thing about fame or being famous, I'd be very interested to know and to hear about it. In an interview with Rolling Stone, the magazine Rolling Stone, success I adore. It means I can buy 1959 Gibson Le Paul, uh, Le Paul, you know, the guitar, and Triumph motorcycles, And uh, but I detest fame. I hate fame and what it brings. It interferes with what you do and has no redeeming features at all. So three members of Dire Straits at the... They were at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. The brothers are so adverse to the limelight, they even chose to miss their own induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's a great honor for us, for all the rest of it. I just can't get my head around it. Fair enough, guys. You're us. Well, let me share you with you a story. I used to sit near by the bed growing up as a teenager listening to this song and other songs um, by Phil Collins' Face Value 1981 album, my favorite. Uh, it's my year, 1981, but it's an amazing, um, phenomenal album. And I used to play this record. And this song is in my top three. Imagine. <laughs> Moonlight, lying in the bed, listening to this song. Growing up, it's the best memory I have, I have of this song. Enjoy it. I will. I most certainly will. Why? 
craziness just trying to do these drums <laughs> I just love this song Phil Collins is one of the most iconic artists of the 1980s and is still widely recognized today Phil Collins may be like almost 65 years old or more I don't know <laughs> but he has still remained relevant and many new artists sample his material in light of this here we present I present to you um, in this podcast uh, a list a few things uh, that you didn't know probably about Phil Collins for instance he worked with Another amazing guy, you know, Eric Clapton. Some of these days, one of these days, I'll make something about this guy. He most certainly deserves it. About this album, um, Face Value, I already put this song in one of the other episodes of my podcast, but I couldn't resist. This podcast is about Mark Knopfler and Phil Collins and Dire Straits versus Genesis. So this song by Phil Collins, it's is a perfection. I'll let you listen to it. I read each word that you've sent to me and Though it's past now Kept all the pictures, but I hide. 
thing about Phil Collins is, is he sings for the brokenhearted. Like he feels your pain, you get it. We all can relate to these songs whether of a love song, a love story, or a broken heart story. And the saxophone is pure bliss. If you like saxophone, I truly love it. feel guilty <laughs> in taking off this song but it, it, it ended so <laughs> and uh, mentioning was I, what I was telling you earlier about Eric Clapton in 1985 Collins Phil Collins produced a few tracks on Eric Clapton's album Behind the Sun he also produced a track uh, for Howard Jones which was the hit No One Is to Blame Phil Collins played, guess what, the drums <laughs> on the track. 
and he holds a special distinction for Live Aid. Uh, Phil Collins was the only Live Aid performer who performed at both the US concert and the UK concert of Live Aid. The two concerts took place at the JFK Stadium in Philadelphia and Wembley Stadium in the UK respectively. Um, and also he has written a book Phil Collins is known to be an expert on the Battle of the Alamo in Texas and he wrote a book about it. The book is called The Alamo and Beyond Collector's Journey. Well, I didn't know about this one, but it's it's a, an interesting part of this of his life. He's an artist, so he has many arts within him. Another good song. You were lonely and you needed a friend. And he was there at the right time with the right smile. Just to show you lean on someone to tell you podcast about Mark Knopfler and Phil Collins and Dire Straits versus Genesis. 
let's keep talking about the Knopfler brothers, David Mark and Mark Knopfler. The Knopfler brothers aren't the best of friends. Uh, they had happier days in 1979. Unfortunately, the two brothers born just um, a few years apart don't see eye to eye anymore. And uh, the problems began in the early 80s, according to David Knopfler. Quote, um, Mark and I had a different vision of what we were up to. I was building a democracy and Mark was making an autocracy. Everything put a strain on us. The brothers no longer speak at all, sadly, unfortunately. Um, and as mentioned previously, even avoided attending the Rock Hall of Fame induction together. Of course, it casts a huge shadow on both our lives and our families. We've got cousins who don't know one another. Awkward, but I guess not everyone can be best friends. Not even brothers. And that is a, a sad thing to know that Mark Knopfler no longer um, talks to his own brother, David. Did you know that uh, they met with the royals, a royalty meeting? Well, royalty, I'll talk about then that story in just a while. First, another great song by Dire Straits with the amazing voice by Mark Knopfler and guitar solo. Gallery. No, no. In the gallery. 
about earlier the royalties you know the royals <laughs> royalty meeting princess diana princess di was a big fan of dire straits and mark Knopfler. princess diana was in her early 20s during the height of the, um, the straits career and was a lover of rock music not that you'd guess about it <laughs> princess diana attended that charity concert at wembley arena in 1985 alongside prince charles The concert, of course, was a huge hit, uh, with the presence of royalty, of course, uh, raising £55,000 and saw the royals let their hair down, according to Hal Linder's guitarist from 1980 till 1985. Uh, in quote, they told us that they enjoyed 
it tremendously, Princess Diana and Prince Charles, of course. In fact, we could see them in the balcony and they seemed quite enthralled by the whole thing. So according to the Associated Press, Princess Diana danced with abandon in a rare public moment of letting her hair down. So Princess Diana, a free spirit, was a rock chick. Uh, why am I not surprised? I'm a fan of Princess Diana. Um, soon a podcast about this lady. Uh, but today we're talking about we're talking about it. Uh, we're talking about um, Dire Straits and Mark Knopfler and versus, of course. Phil Collins and Genesis, another great song by Tire Straits. And it's your face I'm a looking for on every street.
hope you're enjoying, you're enjoying as much as I am. Revan, but he obviously knew what he was doing with this guitar solo. This song is a huge hit, becoming one of their most commercially successful single. Not that going. Cue the music.
So money for nothing was an observational song Mark Knopfler wrote the infamous Money for Nothing after observing two workmen in a kitchen appliance store that was showing MTV on the wall of televisions. They were simultaneously delivering boxes and making remarks about MTV, which Mark Knopfler just so happened to catch. Knopfler jotted down their great lines such as I should have learned to play the guitar, I should have learned to play them drums, and that ain't working. That's the way you do it, money for nothing and chicks for free. I want my MTVE. You know, now I don't know about you guys, but I had no idea about this one. You know that iconic I want my MTV line at the beginning of Money for Nothing. You do, obviously. You're a fan, such as I am. Well, Mark Knopfler offered Sting the chance to add something to the song, so he did. Um, it has ended up being one of the only Dire Straits songs that wasn't solely credited to Mark Knopfler, despite Sting's input uh, being just four words that are based on the hit Don't Stand So Close To Me, he now gets royalties for the song, though apparently he wasn't too fussed about it. Money for Nothing was a trailblazer in the UK in August 1987. 1987, that's correct. Money for Nothing became the first video to be broadcasted on MTV in Europe. I remember I was just six years old of age. In Europe, making it for want to, uh, for a better phrase, a big deal. Mark Knopfler was not all, um, not at all pleased about making the video and didn't believe in the concept of MTV. MTV were absolutely insistent, though, uh, so it went ahead. The computer graphics were seriously innovative and were the first of their kind to be used in videos, and many musicians followed suit. While they look a tad naff now, back in the day, they were groundbreaking Dire straits. Everything had to start somewhere, right? <laughs> Plus, it worked like a like a charm, because it scooped the video of the year prize at the MTV Awards. Plus, buckets of nominations too. And Brothers in Arms, the song that you listened earlier, uh, is a record breaker. Brothers in Arms was recorded at the first CD to sell a million copies, something Mark Knopfler regards as an accident of timing, but we don't think so. It went to number one worldwide and became the first album to be certified 10 times platinum in the UK. Pretty good. Going right. To this day, it is still the eighth best-selling album in the UK. Its success on release has been often been cited 
as the reason for the rise in CD popularity. But this podcast is not only about the Dire Straits, uh, amazing band Dire Straits and Mark Knopfler. No, it isn't. It's about Genesis, another phenomenal band, and his leading man, Phil Collins. And let's talk about Phil Collins in just a while. First, take a listen to Amazing Song. Talking about God, Jesus, this song is for dancing, to have fun. Right. Well, he's been telling me everything. 
everything is gonna be all right, he says. Are you having fun? I sure am as well. Well, I don't know if it's the deeds of Jesus Christ, but Phil Collins had more top 40 hits on the Billboard Hot 100 during the 80s, the 80s, a great decade, it's my decade, than any other artist. Phil Collins um, thrived in the 1980s, and this is just proof of that. Uh, he has won seven Grammys in total, uh, but does this really come as a surprise to you, as a friend, as a fan? Um, to me, it doesn't come as a surprise. He is wildly talented and has won many awards um, during his entire career. He has also won six Brit Awards, three American Music Awards, an Oscar go figure, and two Golden Globe Awards and a Disney Legend Award in 2002. He was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2010 as a member of Genesis. <laughs> I hope you like this song. This is one of the best well, Phil Collins is, is in, a elite, in an elite group of three people. He's one of just three people in the world who have sold more than 100 million albums around the world as part of a group, Genesis, and as solo musicians. And the other two musicians are none other than Paul McCartney and the brilliant Michael Jackson. Of course, the brilliant Michael Jackson. Cue the music for Phil Collins' Genesis.
Well, Phil Collins announced um, his retirement, but he didn't really retire. It was, as we all know, in 2011, Phil Collins announced his retirement. However, he continued to write songs, amazing songs, such as this one we're listening to. Hold on. Just hold on to that Then he continued to write songs and he said in 2013 that he was considering returning. There were even uh, rumors of a collaboration between Phil Collins and Adele. <laughs> Adele. Um, main character of one of the episodes of this podcast uh, floating around recently Phil Collins taught himself how to play music as a child Collins wanted to play music so badly that he thought that he taught himself how to play the drums um, he even developed developed Uh, his own system of musical notation. He is multi-talented. We all know that. Let's um, know a little bit more about him and Genesis. Um, But for now, that's all. In a few minutes, Dire Straits, Mark Knopfler, as we listen to Phil Collins in a podcast dedicated to Mark Knopfler, Phil Collins, Genesis, Dire Straits.
just a while we'll talk about Phil Collins again and chances um, many of us are not a fan type of persons but many of us love music in general I breathe music as you have noticed already uh, but many of us love Mark Knopfler and he is maybe one of the greatest guitar idols of many people. We love Dire Straits music, Mark Knopfler's music. From the first moment we listened to it, Knopfler composed songs a lot of years and he has amazing experience in music career. He has amazing clean melodies such as this one we're listening to. This is one of my ultimate favorite of um, Dire Straits um, with uh, Mark Knopfler's voice and <laughs> those fingers playing the guitar are something else, aren't it? And uh, he has amazing clean melodies with emotional solos. His music influence is incredible and I'll present you some interesting facts about him also. For now, enjoy this song. Thank you. 
He was born as Mark Freuder, like Freud, <laughs> Mark Freuder Knopfler in 1949, and his father was Hungarian, but due to his Jewish origins, his father had left the country in 1939. After he graduated, he worked He worked as a journalist, reporter, and music critic. Well, who knew? Uh, for Yorkshire Evening Post, and later, when he started his musical career, he stabilized, stabilized his income as part-time English teacher. You can certainly realize his great skills in literature, in his poetical lyrics, such. These lyrics we're listening to now. Now with all the clarity of dream, the blood so red, the grass so green, the gleam of spur on the chestnut flame. Cavalry did burst upon the ranks. Oh, the iron will and the iron hand in England's green pleasant land. No. Music for the shameful scene. That night they said it had even shot the queen. Well, as we've seen it all before. Nights in armor, days of yore. The same old fears and the same old crimes. We haven't changed since ancient times. This song doesn't need any presentation. Um, Mark Knopfler is originally left-handed, but he plays guitar by right-handed. He told uh, his fans that helped him a lot to bend even two strings together by two, three semitones. I guess when you're as talented as Mark Knopfler is <laughs> left-handed, right-handed. It doesn't care. It doesn't matter at all. He writes these type of songs like My Worry, one of his best masterpieces. 
do you get it? Why I love this song? Did you pay attention to the lyrics? This is pure bliss, pure poetry. <laughs> Mark Knopfler knows what he's doing when he plays the guitar. He knows what he's doing when he writes those poetic lyrics. It's they are poems, you know, English liter literature that he taught as an English teacher before he was a singer and composer. He was even a journalist. <laughs> Who would have guessed that? This song is the most recent one. It's not very recent, but it's his most recent one. True love will True never love fade. Is it? True love will never fade? True love will we never sure hope fade. not. True love will never fade. True love will never fade. True love will never fade. I wonder if there's no forever. No walking hand in hand. Down a yellow brick road. To never, never land These days I get to where I'm going Make it there eventually Follow the trail of breadcrumbs To where I'm meant to be To where I'm meant to be I don't know what brought you to me That was up to you There's so many come to see me Who want their own tattoo I fixed a needle in a holder Laid my hand upon your spine There upon your shoulder I drew the picture at your side When I think about us picture that we made The picture to remind us True love will never fade True love will never fade True love will never fade True love will Love will never fade. True love will never fade. True love will never fade. True love will never fade. 
Let's go to Phil Collins again, because this podcast, as you all know by now, is about Dire Straits and Genesis, Phil Collins, and Mark Knopfler. So, as I was telling you earlier, he is multi-talented, Phil Collins, that is. Phil Collins not only taught himself how to play the drums... But he also can sing. Duh. <laughs> you already know that by now. And he plays the piano. What else? You know, he's talented, multi-talented. He can act. And he's an accomplished producer. Yes, he's an, also an actor. He played the lead in 1988's, the 1988's Buster. And he also um, he has also appeared in the um, Calamity, the Cow, and the Jungle Book, too. And you know he made uh, some cameos uh, where you might expect it, uh, though you might have been surprised to hear the films he was um, that I spoke a few minutes ago. Did you know he was also in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang as a child? I didn't know that. And he appeared in the Beatles' a Hard Day's Night video clip as well. And his first record deal was with a group. Um, he was a drummer with a group named Hickory, and the group soon changed their name to Flaming Youth by 1969. And then he answered uh-huh, an ad that Genesis, the band, put out. The band Genesis had put out an ad looking for, not a singer, oh well, it was, they were looking for a drummer uh, that was sensitive to acoustic music and 12-string acoustic guitarist. So Phil Collins answered the ad, um, and the rest is history.
And you know, he, he also auditioned at Peter Gabriel's parents' house. The audition for the part of the drummer in Genesis was held at Peter Gabriel's parents' house. He arrived early and let other people audition before he did. By the time his audition rolled around, he had memorized the songs. Well, Phil Collins is uh, <laughs> really surprising me with these stories. Phil Collins also sang lead vocals. Though Collins landed the role of the drummer in Genesis, he also sang lead vocals on two songs. Those songs are for Aston Friends and More Fool Me. He also worked with ABBA, with ABBA, you know, I'm joking with you. He also worked with them, with the four, with those four. Um, he worked with ABBA, uh, it's true, it's true, I'm not lying. In 1982, uh, Collins worked with ABBA member Frida's solo album, which was titled Something's Going On. This is one of my favorites from my teenage years. Do you remember? I sure do remember.
sadly I don't know much about Phil Collins um, next concert uh, for 2020 or 2020 like you want it. Um, concert tour dates um, I can't find um, you know um, a website a trustworthy website to give you that info but um, on www.ticketmaster.com they say they have 2020 concert tour date for Phil Collins tickets so I don't know um, it's well classified um, 4.6 stars so it might be trustworthy uh, website I don't know but um, you check it out uh, you Google it, um, Ticketmaster.com. Um, I cannot find another uh, website that seems to me more trustworthy, if you know what I mean. But I would really love to see this guy on a live show, wouldn't you? Phil Collins and Genesis, of course, both a group or solo, whatever. I wouldn't mind uh, seeing this song played live. I already sang it on a live show, me, myself, personally. I think I make a great job, but he sings way better, I think. <laughs> He's the original, so I wish it would rain down on me. <laughs> All this time I stayed out of sight I started wondering why Now I Now I wish it would rain down Down on me Ooh, yes, I wish it would 
his unique finger picking style started to de develop on a night when he spent with his friends and found a pretty bad quality acoustic guitar with thin strings and badly curved neck. The only way to make sound enough loud was to using his fingers. You know I'm not talking about Phil Collins right now or Genesis. You know the sound of this voice. <laughs> Mr. Mark Knopfler, Dire Straits. Break for the gravel Chains for the snow Always got the show plus guitars in his life. He's not a collector. Each and every guitar he owns, about 50 in total, have their role and he used to play them in various songs. His signature clean strat sound first was appeared on the album's Dire Straits in 1978. He played on 1961 Fender Strat and had very little effects. say that his main device was a Dan Armstrong orange squeezer 
that is a subtle compressor enhancer box, not even a pedal, um, like you see in the concerts. Later, he replaced the Fender guitars by early Shatter Dream Machine strats until he got his first costume built guitar, Pensa Sur MK1. This guy knows what he's doing. <laughs> Listen to these fingers. These fingers, Mark Knopfler's fingers, they do what I call pure magic. Like a talker to the wall He's incommunicado No comment to make He's saying nothing at all Yeah, but in communicating No, he's gonna come clean Think what he say with the Officer of the Order of British Empire by the Queen for his musical achievements. 
listen to that piano. It's magic, I tell you. It's magic. Mark Knopfler is also a collector of classic race cars. And he also is um, an enthusiast race driver. Well, I didn't know this about him. I love getting to know these curiosities about people I admire, such as these two guys, Phil Collins and Mark Knopfler. So he owns a Maserati. Mark Knopfler owns a Maserati 300S and an Austin Healey 100 and some more vintage race cars. Well, I'm, um, I'm enthusiastic also about these vintage race cars like those that appear with uh, James Dean and, you know, but I don't have the money for them, so I'll just keep watching them on TV and in magazines or, you know, books, images online. <laughs> I'm not Jay Leno also. He's a great enthusiast of cars, vintage race cars. They are beautiful. I understand the enthusiasm of Mark Knopfler with these cars. I totally understand. His name also inspired a scientific name of a dinosaur. The scientist listened to Dire Straits when he found the fossils, so he called it. Uh, I'm going to try to say this without making a mistake. Maziacasaurus knoffleri. Well, that's the real fame, huh? That's a real fame. So, when you are famous, you get a dinosaur name after you. <laughs> One of songs of from Mark's solo albums is Boom Like That. Did you know that it's actually about how McDonald's franchise was born under the leadership of Ray Kroc? Uh, Mark Knopfler plays a Dan Electro Silverstone 1452 Hornet. That uh, commercial has the actor Michael Keaton, so you should know that. Six Blade Knife is one of my favorites. Not so well known, but if you didn't know that song, we'll get to know it right now. Cue the music. One blade breaking my heart. One blade tearing me I'm 
Did you like that song? I hope you did. So if you want to know the tour um, with uh, Mark Knopfler, um, I have two sites, websites for you. Tour.markknopfler.com or www.markknopfler.com I'm going to repeat it. www.markknopfler.com and you'll find um, some news about a possible tour with Mark Knopfler solo. But I have also um, good news uh, with um, Dire Straits. And uh, you can find them, those tickets uh, selling for the tour and the tour dates also about the Dire Straits experience. It's the name of the tour. And um, you can find it or in, in www.diestraitsexperience.com. Repeating it www.diestraitsexperience.com. You can find all sorts of uh, info, informations um, about the tickets, the updates, uh, the concert updates and um, the venues where will they will be uh, playing together. I have also um, the Genesis um, website. It's not the official one, but you can go to ticketmaster.co.uk www.ticketmaster.co.uk ticketmaster.co.uk to find out um, the tour dates to 2020-2021 tour dates, event details and much more information about the tour how they all got together the concert dates Um, I'm talking about Genesis right now so this podcast was about Genesis Phil Collins the curiosities, fun facts behind the these um, amazing uh, band and and song composer and singer drummer Phil Collins is everything, and about Dire Straits, another outstanding band, and Mark Knopfler, um, some fun facts and interesting facts about Mark Knopfler and behind the scenes of it all. I hope you enjoyed it. I I had fun. Did you have fun? I decided to leave for the end of this episode of my podcast a song from each band or each singer, um, a song from Dire Straits, Mark Knopfler, and a song special song of Genesis Phil Collins you know that has the signature of Genesis and Phil Collins a special song that has the signature of Dire Straits and Mark Knopfler they were the protagonists the main characters of my uh, podcast for today I hope you had fun It was a great pleasure to have you from that side, making me company. 
um, I know these two bands, two singers, multi-talented singers, are um, within your whole pleasure of uh, listening to music. You you truly um, love um, Dire Straits and Genesis, also Phil Collins and Mark Knopfler, as much as I do. Or you you wouldn't be listening to the podcast, of course, um, or listen just to listen to my voice, whatever. <laughs> I don't mind at all. And um, I breathe music. You already know this about me. So thank you for always listening to my podcast. A kiss and a hug for all the podcast followers. There is more than 200 countries listening to my podcast episodes daily. I feel overwhelmed. I feel grateful. So I'm going to say my goodbyes right now. I hope you enjoy the last two songs. Is like I said, um, I'm not going to present the songs. I'm I'm shutting out, uh, shutting down right now. <laughs> this episode but keep listening for the two remaining songs that I chose to wrap this episode of my podcast uh, the first one your latest trick my favorite of Dire Straits Mark Knopfler and Into Deep of Genesis and Phil Collins these are my two favorite songs I hope you have a great time um, and see you next time. This is Sylvia Dos Santos. Bye-bye. <laughs> see you on the next episode. And thank you very much for listening every day to my podcast. <laughs>